lady sips never slurps. Good job I'm not a lady. In the sense that I'm not well-bred. You are quite well-bred. If I was bred, I would be French bread, obviously. <laughs> Le baguette. We rate the dads. 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 Right. Hello and welcome to We Rate the Dads. I'm Julia. I'm Danny. And this week we are going to be doing Good Girls. And the Umbrella Academy. Yep. So stuff that we watched on Netflix recently, basically. Topical things for what's in our lives. I know. New seasons out, everybody. Maybe go watch them if you like those shows. Or don't. Or don't. If you, you don't know. like them. Yeah. Um. So I am gonna do Good Girls, and Danny's gonna do Umbrella Academy. Yeah. It's my turn to go first. Just a quick reminder: there are four categories of ratings that we're gonna give the dads from these shows. They could be valid because they're good dads. They could be complex. They could be just no if they're terrible, and if there's not enough information, they will be flatliner. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so for me, uh, there are actually quite a few dads in Good Girls. Like, when I suggested that I was going to do this, I was just thinking about two of them, and then I was like, oh, actually, there's lots more dads. Um, so I've got, like, four to talk about. Um, so if you don't know anything about the show... The premise is really good. I have watched all three seasons so far, and I really enjoyed seasons one and two, and then season three was a bit... Uh, Disappointing? Yeah. A bit of, maybe a slight, not slump, down, down, less it was enjoyable? Just, it was just very repetitive of some of the storylines that had already happened and the character arcs that had already happened. Oh, I didn't feel like it was going forward as much. Water. Yeah, I think they were going like, well, we can't get them to do this because then that will change the dynamic and then we don't know if it will work or not. But I'm like, but you're just doing the same dynamic, so... They can't make them too bad. Exactly. Um, anyway, so the premise is that there are these three women, Beth, Annie and Ruby, um, and they are all, like, kind of mums and kind of reasonably suburbanite although Annie is um like a single she was a teen mom so she's a single mom and um Ruby and Beth are both married and live kind of like in the suburbs and they're all struggling in some way or another yeah have, like, yeah yeah so um for Ruby her daughter Sarah has a kidney disease and she has to take some medication and they live in America so you know Expensive. Expensive. Um, and they're struggling for that. Um, Sidebar. Woo, NHS. <laughs> yeah. Woo. Um, and uh, Beth, her husband's car dealership <laughs> is kind of... It's just my brain went, he's a fuck-up, basically. Yeah, he's somewhat mismanaged his finances. Doesn't he have an affair at the beginning of oh, the Oh, yeah, series? he cheats on her a lot. Yeah. Like, uh, there's a bit where she goes and asks one of the people that he slept with how many people he's cheated on her with and she was like total overall or per year oh (laughs) "Oh, no um and then um 
because Annie was a teen mom, she didn't ever finish high school, so she's just working like a lot of kind of dead end um, jobs where she's just like a cashier or that kind of stuff where she's not yeah. really making very much money. Um, and her ex is trying to sue her for custody and she can't afford it. So they're they're kind of really desperate for money. And yeah. Annie suggests to the three of them that they rob a supermarket that, the, that she works at because she thinks it'll be really easy and they'll be able to get over there and they'll get some money and then they can use it to solve their problems. <laughs> Uh-huh, uh-huh, that's the first time I said, and understandably, it all goes wrong from there because... It's a front. Yeah, the, the mob. Yeah, when they rob the supermarket, it's they, they end up getting a whole bunch of this gang's money, and then it all sort of spirals out of the they end up basically embroiled in this world of crime that's very different from their, like, you know, like, Beth's kind of like a yummy mummy, and, um, like, Annie and Ruby both kind of, like, are just, like, working normal hmm. jobs and just trying to, like, get by, and they, like end up having to deal with all of this stuff and you know the deeper they go the harder it is for them to get back out so that's kind of the premise which is good it's kind of quite interesting yeah um uh, and yeah it's quite enjoyable there's this gang leader rio who's like always coming at them and being like you're you took my money you need to do this for me or like you screwed that up you need to do x i'm really impressed with them i get the sense but at least from season one where he's yeah. like so like you guys are very ingenious, but also like it's like when a toddler tries to rob you. You're like, it's time to appreciate the spunk and the ingenuity, but also don't. Yeah, they do lots of stuff that's like you probably he wouldn't have thought about it because he thinks like, okay, like drugs and car washes and that kind of stuff. And they're like, hmm, okay, we're gonna wash this money by buying lots of stuff from Costco and then returning it. Hmm. Um, and you know, it kind of works for them. And people don't suspect them because they don't seem like the kind of people that would get involved in that stuff. Um, so he kind of keeps them on the team. Yeah, so there are there are four dads. There's um, Beth's husband that we've already talked about, um, who's called Dean. They have four kids. Because four? four kids. Yeah, they have a lot of kids. Oh, my God. Um, and then there's Ruby's husband, Stan. Um, there's Beth, uh, Anna, sorry, Annie's ex, Greg. Um, and then there is Rio, who is also a dad as well. Oh, it does well as being a gang leader. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's quite a range. Like, Dean, as we have already discussed, cheats on his wife a lot, doesn't make great financial decisions, puts his family in a kind of rubbish position. They had to remortgage their house and stuff. Yeah. Um, there's a, a bit where um, Beth basically kind of effectively has to kind of go back to work, but it's really just, like, kind of her doing her crime stuff. Yeah. Um, and he has he lost his job because their, their car dealership goes out of business. Mm-hmm. So he has to stay at home and look after the kids. Can't do it? He can't do it, no. He's, no. like, overwhelmed by everything. And it's clear that he's not really that good at managing, like, housework or anything. And the bat's kind of just done all of that for him. And... You know, he, he they run out of milk when he's trying to give the kids cereal for their breakfast before they get to school, and he, like, doesn't know when all of their, like... Does he give school up? School stuff. Like, I mean, like, it's fine, it's fine to not be good at something that you've never done before or had to do before, but does he, like, just, like... He does He does try pretty hard, but I think then that the situation gets reversed before he gets to the point where he's actually okay. really good at it. Okay. And then in a later, in, later on in season three, the same sort of thing happens. She goes back to work where she gets, like, an actual job. Mm. Um, I mean, she has a natural job, but she's also a friend for printing fake money. So, you know, so this swings around about really. Yeah. Um, and he gets his his mum, <clears throat> who Beth 
absolutely just not get on with oh, to come and help out with the housework because he's also working at that point. Okay. Um, and, like, she kind of just takes over everything and they, there's a lot of friction, like, especially yeah. between Beth and her, and he never really backs up her. And there's a scene where they're sitting having dinner mm. and um, one of their sons, Kenny, I think, I don't remember what their kids' names. There's too many of them, and they don't they don't get featured very much. They're just sort of in the background. Yeah, who's that? Um, gets in trouble for something at school or something like that, mm. and um, the grandma tries to like discipline him. And Beth's just got back from work. work, and she's just arrived, and she's like they're disagreeing about what to do. Okay, and he's like, "Well, can I leave the table and go and do this homework or whatever?" I can't remember what it was, but something he had to go and do. Mm. And Beth's like, "Yeah, sure." And then grandma's like, "No, you've got to like, clean your plate to go." Mm. Um, and then Beth's, like, t- she gets really annoyed with her and, like, spoons off all the food that he was eating and puts it in the thing. It's like, no, your plate's clean, you can go. And then, like, eventually all the other kids get up. And it's just Dean and his mom sitting at the table and they've been, like, left behind. And Dean just, like, doesn't say anything. He doesn't go, oh, maybe boy. you should, like... He's not a spine. He doesn't mean like he has a spine. Yeah, he doesn't really have a spine. He's very jealous as well, which leads to a lot of problems. This is the man who has so many affairs, they have to break it down by year. Yeah. He's jealous. He's jealous. He thinks that, like, something's going on with Beth and Rita, which, to be fair, there does have a bit of that happen in season two, but it's very short-lived, and she also shoots him, like, three times and thinks he's dead. So, you know, that's kind of dealt with until he's not dead and comes back. But, you know, um, as, as happens. Okay. Spoilers, everybody. Um... What else? Yeah, there's a bit where he... This isn't really a parenting decision, but he... They have one of the plates for the, the fake money printing thing at her house, and he cuts it up because he's pissed off with her. And, and basically, they have to go back to the lady that made them, and this results in her getting shot and dying. Uh. And, like, Beth's just dealing with all of this without, like... You're like, your, your wife could have got shot by a gang leader because... She can't provide him with the money that he needs. And you just did this because you're throwing, like, a little bit of a hissy fit about okay. something. You're not very mature. And I don't know how well he would do if he had to, like, look after the kids by himself, like, long term. Mm. Like, if he would be able to make good and sensible decisions. Not just, like, do the housework and stuff. Because I think he probably would try really hard on that and yeah. eventually get better. Okay. Like, he does try hard when they think they're getting a divorce and he, like, gets his own apartment and everything and tries to find someone that would be for the kids. But I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't trust his emotional maturity. If you were like a stork, you're a stork, and you're handing out babies, would you give him one? Uh, complex, maybe. Maybe complex. I'm. I'm kind of bordering on just now because of all the other stuff that he does that's not related <clears throat> necessarily to parenting. Because you yeah, don't see cannot, a huge amount of it. We can't judge them on how good they are as a person. I know. We have to look at their exclusively at their parenting skills, and I will admit, risk taking. Beyond, like, doing stupid shit that could put your family in danger is probably bad parenting. Yeah. Um, so he gets points docked. Yeah, we'll go with complex then. Complex. Yeah. Okay. And then, okay. otherwise, we have Rio, who is a dad. He's got a kid called Marcus. Nice. Um, You don't see much of that. I'm, like... He's very villain. I remember from season one where it's just, like, he's just a mysterious gang leader. Yeah. Um, who's a bit, he's a bit scary, but also a little bit sexy. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Um, no, in season two, you find out that he has a kid, because he 
uses his kid as an excuse to go to the play park when Beth's there so they, they can have like clandestine ah, ah, and, like, ah. exchange money and like guns and paper bags and stuff like that nice um, but he seems like a pretty good dad actually Ooh. like the, the big negative thing is obviously he's involved in lots of violent crime and okay, could potentially get murdered and leave his kid judge him for this if but he seems to keep does he keep the kid out of it apart from yeah so he's not with the, the kid's mum anymore okay. um, so Marcus's mum is Rhea maybe she's in season three um, and but he does see Marcus quite a lot that's nice and he does give them lots of money okay um, because Rhea lends Wash back some money, money no no but, uh, money? yeah 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 yeah. Okay. He, he's probably all fine and dandy on that side of things I, but there is a point where you find out that sometimes he like just disappears for a certain amount of time which kind of goes with the I guess with his job mm-hmm. um, and Marcus is very upset about this sort of thing oh. which would be understandable yeah like he's trying to be there but he obviously can't be there all the time and he doesn't I don't think he sees his work as actually like he doesn't really kind of think about how it affects. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, I don't know. I, like, I feel like I probably put him down as valid. Valid, honest. okay. Yeah, if I had to choose. I mean, we can't, we can't only look at the parenting. Yes. And what you do see is good. They, they seem to have a nice relationship. If he, they, off, oh. if, he, if he was an offshore driller or whatever, mm. he would have to be gone for long periods exactly. of time as well. So. Yeah. And they seem to have lots of fun when you see them together. Mm-hmm. And Marcus seems to, like, trust him and stuff. So. That's good. Okay, valid. Yeah. Um, okay, and then we have uh, Stan. Okay. Stan the man, Stanimal. All of these other names that he gets given. He's Is this Ruby's husband? Ru- Ruby, yep. Ruby's husband. So, uh, There's he- a great salt and pepper version from what I saw of that episode <laughs> yeah. that I caught. Oh, shit. No one ever I was impressed. Real good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um... Yeah, they have a really sweet relationship, at least at the beginning. Mm. Like, he's super supportive of everybody in his family. He's very family-orientated. Um, they have two kids, although you don't really see the son very much because he's quite supposed to be quite young. So I think they're just like, we don't want to get in this child actor as, as much as possible and just have... That's sensible. So they focus on the girl, Sarah, her storyline, because she's teenager-ish age, so it kind of... Oh, she's that old now? Yeah, she's like, she must be like 13 or something. Okay. Um... Again, I only seen season one. So. Yeah, she yeah, she's obviously grown up a bit since mm. then. Um, and so she's, as I said before, she's got this kidney disease, and so she needs to be on medication. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get her transplant and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and so they're they're both working really really hard to support her, mm. but they still have time to like have fun as a family. They seem like they really enjoy spending time with each other. It's not just like oh, we have this horrible thing that we have to deal with and it's just going to grind us down into dust. It did seem like from season one, from what I remember, this was years ago, mm-hmm. that it was sort of grinding them down a bit, but they didn't seem to show it in front of the kids. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, they're, they're like, putting on like a really good face and mm-hmm. they're trying to make everything as positive as possible. Yeah. Um, and he's really good for that. He like makes them like pancakes and stuff nice. and like does kind of fun, spontaneous things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in, in season three, it, tends, it gets a bit more tense because... By that point, he's found out about what Ruby's doing, and he used to be a cop, and he gets suspended because um, he, like, helped them out and, like, tampered with some evidence. Because, um, you know, he didn't want his wife to go to jail, but mm. he was also, like, really conflicted about it because he was very, like, a kind of very moral black and white kind of good person yeah. initially and didn't really have any, like, room for grey. And then it, season three kind of goes through this bit of a crisis where he's like, should I get involved in this as well? Is that going to be the best way to support my family? Yeah. Should like, 
if I do that, can how can I, like, condemn what Ruby's done? Mm. Can I still be angry with her? And at one point, Sarah ends up, she's tutoring some rich family's kid, and she steals one of their, like, like fountain pens. It's, like, a really expensive, like, gold-plated one. And pawns it at a pawn shop. Okay. Um, and Ruby finds out about it and doesn't tell Stan initially, mm. because she says that, you know, like, Sarah owes her a favour or something. Um, and, you know, they, she tries to, like, kind of relate to her about what she was doing. At this point, it's kind of clear to Sarah that her mom is not just working a job and is clearly doing something criminal and there's yeah. like, a lot of tension there. Um, and eventually, later when you find out, because Ruby and Sarah have a big argument about why he's being so nice to Sarah... Um, and not, I'm just being kind of really giving Ruby the cold shoulder and, you know, Ruby's like, well, actually she did steal it. And so I was like, yeah, I know. She told me because she felt really bad about it. Yeah. And that's why I'm okay with it. But you didn't tell me you lied to me for ages. Yeah. And I mean, it doesn't really get resolved because I think they finished season three early because of COVID. Um, I think they did finish filming it. So okay. that's the whole story doesn't really get properly resolved. But um, you can see that, like, he's trying to instill lots of, like, good moral lessons and not just be there to financially support people or mm-hmm. just there to have fun. He's like, you know, you did something bad, but you told me about it and you tried to come see it, so it's just, like, a good thing. So yeah. Okay. I think he's a really valid dad. Awesome. Valid. Um, yeah. He's good. And then there's Greg. Greg? Greg is Annie's ex. Um, so he, he is um, the dad of Annie's kid, Ben. Mm-hmm. So if you've only watched season one and you're confused about why I'm calling him Ben, he's trans and he comes out in season two, so mm-hmm. we're going to go with that. Um, but also his new wife, Nancy, and him are going to have another baby. Yeah. Um, so he, by season three, he also has a second child you never see because baby's filming. Eh. It's difficult. They yeah. cry. They cry. Yeah. Um, and I don't really think Greg is a good dad. Um no? No, I think he is trying to do what he thinks is right, but he's really, in the first season, he's very influenced by Nancy, yeah. who is a nice enough person, but she's very, like, she's, she's a snob, basically. Okay. Um, and I, he wasn't present for a lot of Ben's childhood, I know that. Like, I think he was, he stayed in school and got a good degree in his yeah. job, whilst Annie was taking care of, then when they were a child. Yeah, and then um, because of that, when he left her, mm. and then, like, got a new wife and everything, and she was kind of left to pick up the pieces and look after Ben by herself. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I guess kind of feels no, snubbed by it, or whatever. I don't mean, I don't know. Um, I, imagine, I, I imagine it's very difficult not to resent a person who did that to you, yeah. that goes on to have a nice life afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um he seems quite selfish, but I don't know. He seems to kind of get away with it because he's quite charming and everybody mm. likes him. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so in season one, he does a reasonable good job of kind of like sharing custody and stuff, but the whole plot is because he's you kind of kind of instigated by the fact that he wants to sue for full custody, him and Nancy. Yes, and, and he does want to send Ben to a good school. Like, I don't know if that's because Nancy's being a snob, but it seems, from what I remember, that it suited Ben a lot better. Yeah, that was a positive thing that he mm. did. But it it never really made sense to me why they wanted to do that, because Annie's 
apart from the fact that she obviously wasn't very financially stable, which is a big deal, I guess, when you have a kid. She um, would help maybe if you paid. Yeah, and she was, she's, like, she's not super emotionally mature, but she, that never really rubs off on her parenting as and much yeah. as it does on, like, her other aspects of her life. Yeah, and she never got the chance to really grow up because she sort of, she's been stuck mm. as a teenager because she has, she's put yeah. the re- bit of developing that part of her life on hold and she became a mother. Yeah, I mean, I can see why they w- would get frustrated with some of the things that she's mm. done in her life and, like, felt like it wasn't necessarily the best environment for Ben to grow up in. Yeah. But they have a really good relationship, so it's not like they're trying to get him out of a situation that's, like, emotionally really bad mm. for him. Yeah. And, like, she's really supportive of him coming out as trans in season two, and she also does, I guess, quite a lot to kind of, like, be um, be supportive and be, like, I don't know, kind of... I guess they they have a little bit of, like, a slightly, slightly frenzy relationship, which some people probably would be like, that's a bit inappropriate, but... It's a bit inappropriate, but also they're very close. They're very close, like, in, like, a really good way. I don't know. Um, and so it seems to me, like, going, like, okay, I'm going to sue for full custody. It's just going to, like, alienate your kid to a certain extent. Like, I they're going to want to... They're going to be resentful because they're not going to... their mother to court. So, like, when, as soon as you do legal stuff, mm. it puts a great deal of stress in the relationship. Yeah. But I can't imagine that it would be very nice for Ben to go through that. And also, I feel maybe it was a bit like... What's his face, Greg? Yeah. Greg. Maybe he felt like he needs to have the cookie-cutter cu- cookie, life. Cookie-cutter life. Whatever the fuck <laughs> it is. Um, like, like, if people ask questions about, oh, what happened to your oldest child or whatever? And he's like, oh, I don't see them. A huge amount or whatever they... Whatever the mum, it looks bad for him. Yeah, and I think... And if he says, oh, we got full custody because the mum was a bit of a train wreck, <laughs> he looks great. Yeah, and I think that's also, like, very much, like, Nancy's kind of, like, influence, because I don't r- really think he really fully knows what he wants, actually, and he just kind of, like, goes along with what she says. Yeah, I can't imagine Tony taking on a full-time teenager mm. would be a very easy thing to do. No. Also, he cheats on Nancy when she's pregnant, and they almost set up. Season three, to be fair, they do go to couples therapy. Okay. Uh, but like, I mean, it's not you're not setting yourself up to be a great father for this new kid. How you... is he with the new baby? Does he seem to be doing work, or is he making Nancy do it? Or... Oh, I don't know. Don't know. Again, we don't really see. So I would say, like, for honestly, the new kid kind of flatliner. Okay. But I don't know. What do you think? Are we going complex or just no? I don't Absentee know. for how long? I don't know if he was really absent because he was involved. He just wasn't like primary caregiver. Primary caregiver. Also, probably not providing a huge amount either. It does seem like, in terms of like, would you give him a kid if you were a stork? Parental support, like monetary parental support, he's not necessarily giving that much because they like Annie and Ben still live in this kind of small pokey apartment. Yeah, and. Him and Nancy live in this big house. You do live in a big house. And you're like, if you want your child to have a nicer place to live, you don't necessarily need to see them in custody. You can just try and help them find a nicer or like, apartment or something take, that's a bit bigger. Take Ben in the evenings so that Annie can go do night classes or something. Think, yeah. You know? And so that she can get more education and yeah. help. There are ways that are less confrontational. Yeah. Um... I don't know if I was a bird in charge of a baby, I would give it to him. 
Especially if Nancy's the one pushing this. If it just him, him by himself. Yeah, he seems to be quite kind of like <clears throat> apathetic. Apathetic and just like riding on what everybody else has kind of given him through life and letting other people do most of the work. But not in the same way that Dean is, not in like kind of like a. I don't know. He just seems more teenagerish than Dean. Dean is very emotionally immature, but in like kind of a. I don't know. Okay. We'll just say just now. Just now. Yeah. Just no bordering on complex. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's, that's all the dance. Okay, cool, 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 cool. All right. Um, let me go back to the beginning of my notes. I've spent many pages in <laughs> Um, So we're going to do Sir Reginald Hard, Hargreaves from the Umbrella Academy. Mm-hmm. First things you need, I mean, this is spoilers. Spoilers for season two. He's an alien. Okay. From another planet who came here to stop our planet from exploding or something. I don't know. This planet's exploded and then you can only oh, okay. find out or something. Okay. So he, he adopts seven of the se- 43 children who were born on the same day in 1989 to mothers with no previous signs of pregnancy. Okay. He adopts them. Um, he doesn't give them names. He gives them numbers. Um, they don't actually get names until after they're 13. I don't know what age they get names, they don't tell you. But number five, who uh, sort of time jumps away, it gets stuck somewhere. It doesn't get a name because it leaves before that. But we know that it happens before, when is it? 2016, so that's like when they're like 17, 16. Mm-hmm. Um, because Ben has one when he's dead. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, um, and he, he sort of intends to train these children, because they will have special superpowers, um, to save the world from the apocalypse that takes place in 20, whenever it is. Um, um, and he kind of raises them with numbers, uh, and a series of nannies, and like, sort of like their... I don't know. It's very kind of like old school biblical, like you're brought in and then your father lectures you and teaches you to speak Greek kind of thing. There's no real like emotional nurturing kind of environment. It's very like institutional, his school. No kind of bond. I don't know. He calls his house the Umbrella Academy. Um, I think it's very schoolish. Yeah. Um, uh, he he built them a robot mother to a caretaker to look after them called Grace. Um, so they don't when they're like very young, very baby, baby. They have nannies. Okay. They don't really get they don't get Grace until they're like four or so. Okay. I'll explain why later. Um, he's emotionally very cold to them. Uh, there are a couple of things where you're like. Um, and he also, so they, they get numbers, right? And that the number that they get is based on how useful he thinks their powers are. Oh my God. <laughs> and he tells them this. This is explicitly told to them. Oh my God. Um, so, uh, and he also makes them fight crime as children. So they debut as the Umbrella Academy. When is it? They debut in, like, I don't know, 2002 or something. So I think they're, like, 13. That's very young to be putting your kids into a fighting crime situation. Yeah. um, So they go out and fight crime and stuff like that. Um, So let's get into how he he destroys them on an individual basis. (laughs) Fun times. Okay, so first of all, we're going to do them in order because, of course, we have Luther, who is ranked number one. 
Okay. Uh, and he only calls him number one. And this is, I feel, a source of tension amongst all of the children that Luther is the favorite. Uh, he has super strength and durability. Um, he really looks up to his dad, I think, possibly because he's the favorite. And it gives him a real sense of superiority, like he's the leader of the Umbrella Academy. Everybody has to do what he says. He usually takes their father's side in arguments. Like he's like, oh, we need something to be done for me. And he has like a real sort of like uh, yearning for a, a mature man authority figure. Like he usually listens to them quite a bit. Just because your powers are the most useful doesn't mean that you're going to be the best leader of the group. I know. This. Is this something that he didn't take into account when he I, set up the system? I think okay. Luther is more of a follower yeah. than a leader. I was going to say. Um, so, uh, you see this in, like, how he treats Vanya, like, Vanya is, is Frank number seven, mm -hmm. she's the least useful, um, who doesn't have any powers, and, uh, he's used to, he kind of sees her as kind of, like, weak, and not really very important, and I kind of see his father's influence in this, mm -hmm. like, he's kind of dismisses of her, he's also, spoilers, when she, when they figure out that she does have powers, really distrusts her because her father locked the powers away. Again, I think this is probably... Yeah. Like, Daddy is always right. Daddy is always right. He also doesn't have any friends, right? He, like, devotes his entire being to, like, the Umbrella Academy, his father's dream. He doesn't, like, have friends outside of it. He's the only one that stays at the Academy after everybody else leaves because their dad was, like, pissed them off enough and they yeah. were um, so I think he's he's not he, I don't think he's equipped to be able to deal with this by himself he doesn't no. ever, he's just happy in his comfort zone um, and then like there's like a he still sends Luther out to fight crime basically by himself and he gets terribly injured so he the dad Reginald injects him with some serum that gives him his gorilla body oh, yeah, I was wondering before. why he had the gorilla body um, and then he kind of like feels real bad about this I think he's like sort of turned Tom Hooper's sick bod into a gorilla and I feel like I've ruined this aesthetic. So he sends him up to the moon to do like bogus research that he doesn't ever read, like a fake mission. And when So that he can be out of the way nobody sees his, his ugly ass body. I think so maybe, I don't know, there might be a special reason why his dad sent him up there. But he doesn't read the reports, doesn't seem like Luther's doing anything particularly useful. Um, also he's probably going to be really lonely on the moon. He's really lonely on the moon. So it's not a good parenting decision. It's not a great parenting decision. Um, and he does express regret about what happened to it because, spoiler alert, oh wait, I forgot, an important point. He also fake, he, he, he kills himself, but he makes it just suspicious enough to call all of his children back and like have them investigate the mystery of his death. Um, is he actually dead or is it he's actually dead. He's okay. Dead. He's actually dead. He kills himself. Um, so when he's dead, uh, Luther doesn't believe that he did it. Um, but when he is dead, uh, he tells Klaus, the one that can speak to the dead, mm. that he feels bad about what happened to Luther. So, um, yeah, I, I think we could we can call him a, this, this is, he fucked Luther up real yeah. bad. Okay, we have Diego, who, uh, is number two. Okay. Has a real inferiority complex about it. Um, and his power is trajectory manipulation, so, like, he can make bullets go around corners and knives and stuff in their throat. Mm -hmm. um, uh, like, wanted. Yes. they can, like... Yes. Yes. It was exactly like wanted, yes. Okay, cool. Um, was made to feel inferior to Luther due to his father's favoritism. Number one. Yeah. Does this not apply to everybody, though? Um, I think some of them care about it less. Yes. But I think because he's number two, it's, like, closer to it. 
Oh, yeah. Um, he has deep-seated mummy issues in that he, like, uh, the robot Lady Grace, who's mm-hmm. really the only person who showed him affection, like, she helped him overcome his stutter and things like that. He's a stutter. Yeah. Um, and um, he felt like she was the only person who showed affection for him. And I feel that's probably also a word from his dad. Yeah. Um, he gives him a lot of shit for his stutter, Reginald. Um, why are you stuttering kind of thing? Talk properly. Like, that's not how you deal with the star. It's literally um, not. He, he also sees Vanya as a liability as well, that mm. number seven, with no powers. Um, I think, again, the dad's influence. Um, he also, like, he's... I mean, you probably saw a little bit of this in season two. Like, mm. he has to be the hero. I think he's a real... This is him very already complex. Yeah, because he tries... He's like... I they say, say, I say, yeah, they, they travel back in time, and he's like, I need to say JFK, and he ends up in, like, a, like a mental hospital because mm. everybody thinks he's crazy. Yeah. Um, and he can't, like, chill out and behave for five minutes so that they let him go. No, he was also very intense. Like, he thinks he's Batman. Oh. You haven't seen him in season one when he was running around in leather as, like, a vigilante. It's <laughs> um, like, oh, you saved the city. And you're like, all right, Diego. Are you? Are you really? They're the edgelord, but it's fine. Okay, we've got... No, but we need to round this up. Uh, number three, Alison. Um, her power is mental manipulation. So when she says, I heard a rumor that... And then you... Uh, Eight fifteen apples. You have to eat fifteen apples. Okay, that um, seems more useful than super strength. I know, but <laughs> I like he's not he's not very creative thinker, is he? This no. this guy. He's not like no, I don't think so. Um, so um, Allison has her own problems. Like she relies, she uses her powers a lot mm. to get her own way. Like um, it's implied that she kind of like seduced her husband using it. She's like, I heard a rumor that you were in love with me, kind of thing. Yeah. And she does it to um, like her daughter as well, Claire. Ooh, like she says, cool. I had a rumor that you went to bed, <laughs> whatever. Um, uh, which isn't cool, I will say. Um, cool. And that's why she's very reluctant to use her powers in season two, kind of stuff. Um, uh, but so. I don't know if her dad was great at teaching her when to use it and when not to use it. Yeah. Teaching her good ethics and it stuff. It sounds like he was probably like, all your powers are really important and the powers, 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 yeah. powers, powers. Or maybe he did, I don't know. Um, it's probably just, it's very difficult when you use it to fight crime and stuff. I imagine you get very used to it and like taking over somebody's free will. Yeah. Doesn't feel such a big deal anymore. Um, and uh, he, Reg, the dad, Reginald, he forces her, forces her, he tells a four-year-old to use her powers on Flania to number seven to make her forget that she has powers. Ah, that's how he did it. Just like, I heard a rumour that you were ordinary kind of thing. Mm. Um, so Vanya forgets. Um, and she does have like a weird relationship with Vanya as well. When they were children, she would like ignore her. Um, and they would, all the children would basically bully Vanya, leave her out. Mm. Uh, things like ignore her kind of thing. And, and um, I think she feels very bad about this, so she tries to be nice to Vanya now, which, like, they have quite a nice relationship, I'll be honest. Like, I think they probably have one of the closest relationships of the siblings. Um, but I was, it's a bit weird. Yeah. Uh, it seems like she was the golden girl compared to Vanya's kind of, like, scape girl. Okay. So um, she, is she, like, trying to make up for that, but not necessarily, like... It doesn't necessarily feel sincere, is that how it's I weird? I think it feels sincere, I just don't think she has a great relationship with Vanya and she's trying to build it now that they're okay. adults. Um, so it's still a bit tense. It's still a bit tense, I would think. I don't know, they're just trying to find their way. Okay, so we've got number four, we've got Klaus. Um, he's, he can speak to dead people, he sees their ghosts. 
Um, Useful for solving murders. Yep, and he can make make them solid and stuff and help like help him. Um, so that also seems more useful than super strength. All of these seem more useful than super strength. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so Reginald used to lock him in mausoleums to uh, make him talk to ghosts because he was afraid of them. And they first see this happen when he was like eight. And he's like terrified, sat in the dark, and all these ghosts are talking to him. Um, and he started doing drugs at 13 after finding out that this would suppress his powers. Great. Because he didn't want to deal with the ghosts because they scared him. I wonder why, Reginald. I wonder why. Um, he super rebels hard against his dad. He does a lot of drugs. Um, he, um, I think he, I think he, I don't know if this is his the whole um, inferiority complex thing, but he's like, oh, I'm the useless one, I'm trash, or whatever, I'm just a waste of... I've just... I've never done anything useful kind of thing. Um, so he kind of talks some stuff down so he doesn't he have to deal down. with things. So. Yeah, yeah. And deal with competition with brothers and sisters. Um, and, like, he self-sabotages a lot. Like, he does a lot of, like, drugs and alcohol, um, steals stuff to pay for the drugs and alcohol... Mm. Um, it's just a bit of a mess, really. Even though he's probably the only one that acknowledges he's like, half well, childhood was fucked up. And, like, yeah. <laughs> it screwed me up real bad. And I think some of his um, siblings are a bit like, no, I'm totally fine. What are you talking about? That didn't affect me at all. Like, I was fine. Are you sure about that? Like, Phew. so I don't really know what to say about Klaus. Um, uh, I don't think Reginald did him any favours. <laughs> All right, so then we have number five, who doesn't have a name, as I mentioned. He's mm-hmm. just five. He hasn't given himself a name. Uh, I think so. Okay. Um, because um, he he um, he time travels to the future after he gets into a fight with his with Reginald, his father, about um, how he wouldn't be able to do it. Like he was like, time travels too dangerous, and you're not mature enough or powerful enough to do it or whatever. But it's like, how about I do it anyway? And he does yeah. it, and he gets stuck there. Um, just after the apocalypse happens. And he sat there by himself for like, I don't know, 50 years. Um, and then he gets picked up by the like time police or whatever who want him to be an assassin for them. So he takes out people who are going to affect the timeline. Okay. And so when, after the apocalypse happened, was it like there was literally nobody? Or was it like kind of Mad Max style? I mean, there was a big, the big old explosion. There's a big old explosion. Okay, so everybody's dead and he's supposed to wipe himself every, like 50 years. I think everybody years. is dead because, um, spoilers, a big chunk of the moon falls down on Earth. Yeah, that probably would kill everybody. Yeah. Um, How did he survive? Was there food? I assume so. Okay. I mean, like, he was the only person left. There must be a whole shit ton of frozen food. Well, but that might only last so long. Kick the table. Eventually all the... All the power plants and stuff are going to break down or stop running. Anyway, I'm going to stop talking about this because this is just it's set up for the fictional eight. story that's fictional. Yeah. <laughs> um, if I were a dad, he left age 13. Um, uh, his dad does give him some good advice in season two about, I mean, he's not really his dad then because this is before he adopts them. So. Mm. Um, but like, kids, he was like, maybe your power is, a, maybe, like, your appetite is larger than your abilities at the moment, mm-hmm. and you should start small, which is great advice for anything. Yeah. Like, so he, he rewinds seconds rather than trying to jump from decades. Yeah. Which is good advice. And um, I think because maybe five is older, he's like a six-year-old man, but he looks like a like a 13-year-old. 
because of an accident that happened when he was time traveling. Um, I think he has still has daddy issues, like deep down, like I think he wants his dad's approval, but he's more removed from it. He seemed like he was quite impatient with the rest of the siblings. Yes, I think it's because he's a lot older. Yeah. It's like, why are you joking around this? Also, he's been by himself for a very long time. Mm. Yeah. He killed a lot of people. All right, so we also have number six, Ben. Um, his nickname is The Horror. Uh, he's, he can summon like a weird tentacle monster that comes out through like his stomach. <laughs> got like tentacles that could grab people and eat them and stuff okay super strength seems more useful than that one i have to say oh yeah i guess so i mean you could grab lots of things if you were tentacles got lots of tentacles <laughs> um so he dies around 16 i guess on a mission um and then do we know like how he died i don't know how he dies but reginald tells all of the others at the funeral that it was their fault <laughs> oh because they didn't act enough like a team it's like i'm so disappointed on you like, your kid's dead, dude. You should be more upset about this and not just um, blaming your other even call him his name. He calls him his your fault. Just, you know, this number six death was all your doing. You're like, you can't even give him his name. He's dead. Um, uh, so, like, when he... You don't see a lot of Ben. I mean, you do see a lot of Ben, but he's like a ghost. Who hmm. only talks to Klaus. So you can't really get, like, a sense, a huge sense of really who he was. You see him in flashbacks a little bit. There's a bit where they make their first appearances, the Umbrella Academy. And he goes into this room and you just see the silhouette of the tentacle monster. And he's like, rah, 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 people. And, yeah. Yeah. and he comes out and he's like covered in blood. And he's like, can we go home now? <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, and uh, when he's like, he's a ghost, he, 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 he nags Klaus a lot, which is fair because Klaus is an addict. He's always like... Also, imagine he's the only person that he can talk to. So. He's the only person you can talk to. You get a sense that he's very frustrated with him. He's like, well, why are you, why are you doing this to yourself? Kind of thing. Mm. Um, and he does nag him a lot. And he was there. Fair. Um, but Klaus does complain that he sounds a lot like dad. Their father. Mm-hmm. Stuff like this. He's like, why are you messing up your life? Kind of thing. And I don't know. It's probably just his own powerlessness. That he can't do anything about his own life. So he can yeah. do what he can do. The only thing he can influence is Klaus. So. Yeah. He's, yeah. Um, they messed up. And so at last we come to number seven, Tanya, who converts uh, sound into energy. Sound is energy. Which like she she takes so she takes so she takes like sound vibrations mm-hmm. and she can turn them into other forms of energy. Okay. Like um, she could use this to affect the weather. Like she can make it rain, and she can use it to physically affect other objects like. Like bend things over or like shatter glass. Okay. So push things away from her or send out like a big, like a more powerful kind of compressed down wave that mm. actually kind of like knocks people off their feet like an explosion. Okay. Um, um, so Reginald kind of like, um, her powers when she's about four years old, she, um, she doesn't want to eat her oatmeal so she keeps throwing her nannies across the room using the whistling from the tea mm. kettle. Yeah. They can't be like either dying or getting seriously injured. <laughs> and this is why he builds Grace, the robot mum. Yeah. Because she's can't, she's not really killable. Uh, she can just turn her head back around when she gets up. <laughs> okay. Horrifying. Um, horrifying. Um, um, so he keeps trying to make, he keeps trying to work with Fania, or number seven as he calls her. Um, um, so, but he's not really able to teach her how to control her powers, like, she she's 
you just try and teach her to listen to the tuning fork and tune out the other sounds and stuff like that and shatter the glass but there's like a thunderstorm mm-hmm. and she uses that instead and she shatters all of them I think yeah and he's like um so he puts her in this weird soundproof room and stuff and tries to find different ways to control her powers but he can't do it um I don't think that's Vanu's failing yeah that's his yeah she's like, how old is she at she's like four yeah then yeah um so he gets Alison to make her forget that she has powers, and then he uses a bunch of drugs to suppress her emotions because uh, her powers are also kind of affected by her emotions as well when mm-hmm. she's feeling angry and stuff. Um, she's more likely to use it. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, it suppresses her emotions and her powers using drugs. Um, and to put it in fairness, she keeps maiming the nannies, which is bad. You build a robot nanny, it's fine. Um, yeah. The robot nanny seems like a good solution. solution. The rest of it seems like a little bit of overkill yeah. when she's only four. Like, mm-hmm. maybe as she gets older, she'll mm. improve on her yeah. control. Like, four-year-olds can't even write properly with a pen or anything. They, no. Like, they don't have maybe proper Maybe you have control. to use the drugs. If, if her powers do run on her emotions, mm. you do the drugs and then wean her off, I don't mm. know, to get... Or teach her how to control her emotions that way. I don't know. I don't know how I would deal with that situation. It seems... It's ludicrous because it's not real. Yeah. Um, when the Umbrella Cadbury debuts, Vanya asks why she can't go play with the other children, and he tells her it's because she's not special. Um, and during the press release afterwards, when he's like introducing the Umbrella Academy, he mentions he only mentions that he adopted six children. He doesn't mention oh. her. Um, all the other children are given tattoos of umbrellas, which is weird, and she draws one on herself to feel included with a felt tip pen. Oh. He also leaves her out of a photograph <laughs> of all of them. Um, and basically, he sort of, I don't know, deliberately um, teaches the other children through his actions to disregard her. Yeah. To kind of dismiss her. She's in the background. She's not important. She's weak or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is to keep up the charade so she doesn't realize she has powers or not. To reinforce the message that she isn't special. But so the mind control keeps you going. Can, you can... Do that without having to... Mm, I know. It's fucked up. He's a terrible person. He's a terrible person. I just... I can't see why that would... Anyway, he's maybe he's just terrible. Um, he does let her borrow his violin while the other children are out on a mission. And he's like, you have to study by yourself because the other children are gone. Um, which I guess is good. She kind of focuses on that. She's like, tells the robot mom, uh, this is how I'm going to be special. I'm going to mm. be great violinist or whatever. Um... The, the robot butler, not the robot butler, the, the monkey, the chimpanzee butler, uh, tells okay. her that. that's a lot. So, this is, again, this is slightly explained in season two, but we'll have, I'll do it at the end, when I talk about the other dads. Um, he tells her that her father loved her in his own way. I put lots of question marks after that. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know, maybe he's just trying to make her feel better. Um, and all the, basically, I've already said this, but all the other children, um, as children and as adults, they kind of see her as a liability and an outsider. Like, they don't necessarily include her in discussions. Mm-hmm. Like, Diego's like, her opinion isn't important because she's not one of us. Um, she can still have valid and useful things to say. I know. They're trying to, they're just hiding if they're going to turn the, um, the robot mom off. It's like, her opinion doesn't matter. Kind of thing. What's her opinion matters? Um... Uh, what do they do? Oh, yeah, so they continue to leave her out even after he's dead kind of thing. Yeah. I think it's just habitual for them at that point. Um, so, 
I thought about so like when because she couldn't take part in the exercise mm-hmm. and stuff like the training, she would stand there with a timer with Reginald and like mm-hmm. she yeah. wasn't able to take part again. I think separating her from the group. Um, so like when they, eventually she does have her powers, like she she doesn't take her meds for a couple of days, um, and her powers start coming out. Um, she gets really <laughs> she's really angry about this, understandably. Yes. Um, and they're either people. So Alison tries to take her side. She's like, look, she's still our sister. Um, but Luther and a couple of the other ones, I think Diego, see her as mostly a threat. Like they're like. Dad wanted to express her powers. She's dangerous. We need to put her back in the weird, the, the power thingy, the, mm. where the, the, the weird pressure canister he kept her in, the soundproof room. So Luther locks her in there. Um, and we'll let her out kind of thing. And then she understandably has a bit of a freak out and destroys the house. I mean, he would. Yeah. And also, if her powers are linked to her emotions, maybe you should try and calm her down and not yeah. make her more angry. Yeah, I don't know. Um, very short sighted. It's very short sighted. Um, and then she does kill Pogo, the the chimpanzee, when she finds out that he knew that she had powers, and that he that he helped her dad lied to her. Um, so that's that. I'm gonna say just now. I'm gonna say just now as well. Oh, he sounds like a terrible human being. Are there any other dads? I don't even think he wanted to be their dad. No, he didn't. He wanted to be their boss. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of other dads whose names I didn't think about or write down because I forgot. Uh, there's Mr. Peabody's dad, who I can't remember what his name is. He He's obsessed with the Umbrella Academy. He was born on the same day as them, but he's not got the powers. I think he was just... Just normal. Just a normal. Yeah. Um, uh, I seem to remember his dad being just now, like some weird, weird stuff. Okay. But he was obsessed with the Umbrella Academy, I think, trying to be special. Maybe his dad was like, I'm not special. Or something like that. Uh. Um, you've also got Alison's husband, who takes Claire away from her when he catches her wounding her. So I'm going to put that down as valid. Yeah, that seems like making the decision to help your child as opposed to help your wife when yep. she's doing that kind of thing. Yeah. It seems like a good parenting decision. Yep, that's it. That's all I remember of a bit of the dads. I cool. can't be bothered to look for more. That was a lot of bad stuff that that one Oh, season did. two there is. There is the one who, um, the, the 60s dad who doesn't really get his kids autistic. I mean, they maybe get that. Oh, oh yeah. Was around that. They knew what it was, but I think it was maybe... So the research was being done in Switzerland, maybe, at that point? I don't know, but, yeah, like definitely not as well understood not as understood. it is at the moment. You understand him to an institution. Because he's non-verbal, right? And non-verbal, yeah. yeah, Vanya's helping out the family. Yeah. They, she pretends that she's lost her memory, or has she actually lost she's her memory? She's actually lost her memory. I okay. think she wants to forget. Fair enough. I would want to forget, too. Um, so I would put him down as probably a dress now. Yeah. I wouldn't trust him with a child. He'd be... I mean, I mean, if you gave her a parenting book about how to effectively look up to children with autism, do you think he would take that advice on, or do you think he would just be like, no, this is, I'm not going to bother with that? I think he just wants to be normal. I don't know, like, maybe I should be more generous, but I think he wants to have a normal family. Uh, and it's not about the way that he wants, and so he's willing to let his kid go to an institution as opposed to... Yeah. Oh, that sucks. I don't know. I don't know. I think he's just very set in his ways. Okay. People aren't like that. People are just all different. Gotta accept that to be a good dad. Yeah. Gotta accept that when you have children, they're not necessarily gonna turn out the way that you're expecting, and that's fine. You just gotta. I think he. Yeah. He think he struggles with that, and I think it's a failure. So we'll put him as complex just now. Yeah. No, I agree just now for that. I cool. Think. Okay. We've already cool. overrun, so let's yes. stop. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you everybody for listening. As usual, we're on Twitter, mm-hmm. and also uh, you can email us. We rate the dads at gmail.com. Yep. Get in touch. Bye. Bye.